Matters of the Mind. Are you looking for answers, ideas, or just want someone to listen to you so you can vent? Join Dr. Peter Sacco as he discusses what matters most, issues that surround the mind. He gets to the heart of the matter when it comes to issues involving anger, depression, addictions, fear, anxiety, relationships, sex, abuse, bullying, and everything concerning you. And now, here's your host, Dr. Peter Sacco. When she comes to greet me, well, hello there, all, and how are you on this oh day before spring? Alas, it is finally here. The weather is warming up, and guess what? There have been robin sightings, and I've also noticed woodpeckers of all things in my backyard. So they say that is a good sign of spring. Anyways, I'm Dr. Peter Sacco. The doc is online, and welcome to Matters of the Mind. And with me always is my co-host and producer Todd Miller. How are you, Todd? Doing really well, doing really well. Excited, uh, looking forward to warmer weather and uh, no snow. Finally, the no <laughs> snow thing. That's kind of like the added perk. And um, I, I think, you know, positive thinking is a good thing. Warm thinking, I think many of us have had this warm thoughts, warm, fuzzy thoughts for a long time. And I think it's finally paying up. But either way, it's going to be spring tomorrow, and that's a good thing. And it's all about hope. It's all about inspiration. And today i got a very, very, very special, two special guests on my show. I have Florence Strang, who is a registered psychologist, and Susan Gonzalez, who is a registered nurse. What is so amazing about these guests I'm going to have on there is they wrote a tremendous book called 100 Perks of Having Cancer Plus 100 Health Tips for Surviving It. And best of all, they have experience. They've walked the walk. Not only are they walking the walk and talking the talk, they are giving tremendous hope because both these ladies are survivors. Nice. And that, that's, that sounds really intriguing about, you know, just giving people some, not just hope, but practical solutions and suggestions on how to, uh, to uh, improve the quality of life during that time where you're fighting it or you're recovering from it. Incredible. Absolutely. And when we come back, folks, we will be joined by Susan and Florence as they join us and they talk about their walk and surviving. You are listening to Matters of the Mind. The dog is online and listen up talk radio, talk-radio.ca. We'll be right back. I'm Dr. Peter Andrew Sacco, and do you have technological rage? Oh, yeah, the new rage of anger. Download my new book today, Technological Rage, on my website, www.petersacco.com, and learn what technological rage is and how it is sweeping people today, leading to online dating anger, texting anger, and social online networking forums. Hmm, did you ever think you might get angry texting? Facebooking or online dating, maybe you never thought it would happen to you, or maybe you know somebody that has this and you just need to understand it a little more. Welcome back to Mental Health Matters with your host, Dr. Peter Sacco. folks and welcome back to matters of the mind the doc is online and as we promised 
And we tease you, we got tremendous authors on today. I am absolutely honored and flattered to have who I think are two of the most inspirational authors and individuals that I've come across in so long. And as we said, we have Florence Strang with us online, who is a registered psychologist, and Susan Gonzalez, who is a registered nurse, who have wrote one of, I believe, one of the most amazing books ever. 100 Perks of Having Cancer plus 100 Health Tips for Surviving It. And not only these ladies, experts in their fields, but they're also survivors. Welcome each one of you to our show. Thank you for inviting us. Thanks so much for having us. Okay, so I guess the very first place um, I would I would like to start is, um, how does one go about writing a book as, as such? I, I, I think... Either way, both Florence and Susan, since you're both survivors yourself, which I'd like to get into in a few moments, I guess looking at this, was this um, a book written to educate and enlighten people um, or was it more of a book of hope? And also, I guess, within your own journey, it's a healing process. I would say all um, of the above. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, it's definitely, um, it's, it's all, it's a book of hope. And I think my perks, and coming from the point of view as a psychologist, um, I'm all about the mind aspect of it and offering hope and spirituality as well. And Susan's health tips, of course, are tremendously educational. So when, when I guess, looking at this, I guess I'll start with you, Florence. When you're looking at this uh, from a psychological perspective, um, are you a, a firm believer in the whole, how we put it, mind over matter phenomenon, the whole neuropsychoimmunology kind of walk that the mind has the ability to heal and recreate the body because the body has to respond to what the mind is saying it, and it all starts with thoughts. You become what you think. Absolutely. I could not have said it better myself. Um, I've been practicing psychology for over 22 years, and uh, my favorite form of intervention is a type of psychology called cognitive behavioral therapy and if you want to summarize what that's all about it's about when you change how you think you can change how you feel and I've been using that with my clients for years and I guess the real challenge for me as a psychologist came when when I was diagnosed with cancer um, my five-year I was diagnosed in April of 2011 I told I was told basically that my chances of being alive in five years were just over 50 percent Naturally, I went through the stages of grieving. There was denial, anger, bargaining, depression. Um, but I did finally come to acceptance about six months after my initial diagnosis. At the time, I was going through chemotherapy. It was a very difficult time. I felt very sick and scared. And I remember lying in bed feeling sorry for myself. And the thought occurred to me that I was not helping myself to get well by lying there and feeling sorry for myself. Because, again, as a psychologist, I really believed in the power of the mind to help the body heal. Um, and so I thought about, I said, you know, Flo, it's not all that bad. You know, there are some good things about having cancer. And it occurred to me that in the six months since I had been diagnosed, not one time did I have to wash the dishes. <laughs> because <laughs> I had a fabulous support team, my sisters, my friends. Even when I was feeling good, people would say, oh, don't bother with the dishes. You go sit down. So that made me smile when I thought about it, and I said, well, if finding one perk of having cancer can bring a smile to my face, I challenged myself to find 100 perks. So this started as a blog, actually, 
and I met Susan in the blogosphere, and we eventually teamed up. But yeah, my whole mindset was about um, focusing on whatever good things I could focus on during that very difficult time. It started out as a project just to keep my spirits up. I also, um, and speaking of the mind-body connection, I'm a big believer in the use of affirmations and positive affirmations. And I use these all the time with my clients, even with young children. I'll get them, if they have anxiety, for example, I might get them to repeat a phrase such as, I am brave. And while I was going through my treatments, I would say every day, I give thanks for my full recovery and perfect health. No matter how far away and out of reach full recovery and perfect health seemed, I would repeat that every day. And I do believe firmly that my mindset did help in my recovery. Typically, I guess, with most people that are going through cancer, it's a, it's a very serious illness, no matter what type of cancer you have. And there's always gloom and dark clouds. In just, in, in just going through your website a little bit, uh, and just even the title, I mean, 100 Perks of Having Cancer, was there, was there any thought of maybe injecting a little levity, a little, not fun necessarily, but just lightening the atmosphere a little bit? Uh, actually, when at my perks, while I was blogging those 100 perks, it took me about a year. Uh, I still blog, but I'm no longer searching for the 100 perks. Obviously, I found those. And uh, some of them are very deep and very meaningful. I talk, for example, one of my perks is that I got to see a completely different side of my little boy who has autism. I assumed, you know, he was just six years old when I was diagnosed, and I also have two teenagers. And I just thought that my little boy, Ben, wouldn't understand that I was sick. And even if he did comprehend it, that he wouldn't care that I was sick in the same way that my older children would. Um, but I, I soon found out that Ben was very aware and very caring and very loving. So some of my perks are like that. But also there are the lighthearted perks. Uh, for example, uh, I discovered that I didn't have to buy a Halloween costume because what could be scarier than a bald middle-aged woman? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, just being able to take your situation and and harness it in a different way, you know, just to make people laugh is is a wonderful uh, a wonderful demonstration of your character, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, with, with you, um, Susan, coming, I guess, from a perspective as a nurse, because I, you know, I've got many friends that are nurses and some of them are of the ilk and, and God bless them. I love them so much where they're fixers. Um, and a lot of them are trying to fix everybody else's issues or their own, everybody else's problems that they neglect their own. So how hard was it you dealing with this being a nurse and going through this? Yeah, nurses do not make the best patients, that's for sure, (laughs) because we're much used to being on, uh, we'd much rather be on the other side of the bed, not in the bed. So, um, yeah, I mean, Flo and I teamed up, as she said, and um, I was writing a blog, um, a health blog, about giving people little tips about how they can stay cancer-free. So... That was my, that's how I empowered myself. I said, I am going to find what the doctor's not telling me. And, and there was plenty um, that the doctors, e- either they didn't know because they didn't research it or they didn't know because all they knew was how to give chemo and radiation, um, which, is, which is great and that, that, is, that does help. But there's more to it. You know, the, the nutritional aspect was sorely lacking. Um, you know, the doctor basically told me to go home and eat whatever I wanted. 
um, sure, go have a milkshake, go have a steak, go have whatever tastes good to you, go eat it. And that is just totally opposite to what I have found in my research and, and what I did personally for myself to feel better. So I went out on ser- in search of um, just simple things that could help people along the way and help people to uh, prevent reoccurrence. So just following up on that, I had a question about the milkshake and eat what you want. Is that traditional medicine just to make the patient feel a bit better and just giving them the freedom because maybe there's this specter of, of cancer? Or I'm, I'm curious about that. Um, I'm not sure what, what's, in, you know, what's um, motivating doctors to say this. I think it's because so many people that go through cancer treatments do lose a lot of weight, so gaining weight is a problem. But there's many ways to gain weight healthfully uh, using healthy fats like avocados and nuts rather than um, unhealthy foods like, um, you know, meat and dairy. So when you're looking at this, I I guess I'll I'll throw this out to both of you ladies because we're getting more into non-traditional Western medicine, so to speak. So what are your thoughts then, I guess, going... um, from a holistic perspective, where you're basically treating the, the, the you know, the, and, and I'm definitely sure Florence can relate to this, relate to this um, as a psychologist coming from a Gestalt perspective that the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Do you place a lot of emphasis then, I guess, on naturopathic and kind of like homeopathic healing? Um, if I may speak first, yeah. uh, Susan and I both embrace the conventional medicine as well as alternative forms of medicine. And I think it really depends on um, what you're comfortable with. Um, I, for example, Susan did some acupuncture while she was going through treatments to help her relieve nausea. I uh, had some Reiki and reflexology. Those were all part of my healing plan. Um, I, I think, as you said, the, you know, we embrace it all, and we're open to whatever's out there to help us to heal. Um, diet for both of us played a huge role. And it really, it never ceases to amaze me how people kind of ignore that link between diet and cancer. If somebody had a heart attack, for example, the first thing you'd look at, oh, well, no wonder he was eating steak every day and ice cream for dessert. Uh, But we don't make, and we make the connection diabetes and sugar, high blood pressure and salt. There are so many illnesses that we'll look at food and how that impacts, but people are not really getting it that what we eat, what are, we put into our bodies, is linked to cancer, and not just colorectal, that type of cancer. It's related to breast cancer, prostate cancer, and so on. So, uh, yes, the nutrition, the healthy eating, and all of that plays an important role for our recovery. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said for complementary medicine um, helping the conventional medicine along. It certainly makes it certainly made my chemotherapy easier for me, and, and in turn, it allowed me to get my chemotherapy as I should. I didn't miss any sessions, and I completed my sessions, and that's what we're finding, that when we introduce uh, complementary alternative medicine, it actually helps the conventional medicine to work better. So for anybody listening, I, I, I'll... I'll bring this, I guess, up from both of your perspectives then, um, because there's some people that would go, well, that's kind of like the pie in the sky, the great buy and buy attitude that, okay, does it's just breathing hope, uh, this, this, this kind of stuff when you're know, getting into Reiki orders and, you know, and nurses would refer to it as therapeutic touch, getting into stuff like that. So 
I guess you can look at this twofold, and would you agree with this then? That there really is a benefit of using either holistic or naturopathic remedies on their own merit because they do provide a means of healing but also because you're now holding an expectation that this will work or can get better that you are now instilling a hope in you that you may never have had there before that will actually if you want to look at it uh, to take a term from anybody subscribing to the law of attraction that where thoughts go energy flows so you're creating good energy for yourself I remember reading something that um, Dr. Bernie Siegel wrote, and he, of course, did the, um, the foreword for our book. But when he talks about what works to uh, heal from cancer, and he said, well, everything works. You just have to believe in it. <laughs> so I think that answers your question, that all of these things have merit. Um, and part of the reason is, again, because when you believe strongly enough that hope actually heals, hope will have that effect on your body. Right, and once you make the decision to do something, you're empowering yourself, and that in itself instills hope because you wouldn't be trying to help the situation if you didn't think there was any hope. So I think all that goes together. Oh, I totally agree. In fact, uh, when I saw that you had Bernie, I've worked actually with Bernie in the past, oh God, maybe about 10 years ago. Um, we had an addictions magazine and I remember just talking to Bernie and Bernie was just tremendous because Bernie is one of these ones that can find the silver lining in just about anything. And as he says, it all starts with the state of mind. And I know going back to you, Florence, uh, as being in um, CBT myself actually Albert Ellis was my teacher the guy who created rational emotive therapy and I remember Ellis back in the day used to say you know it's not about what you're feeling but rather it's the thoughts that are most important because they create your feelings and we yeah, confuse absolutely. the two we get welled up in the feelings which isn't the real problem it's our thoughts absolutely I agree 100% so what about then and I put this out to both of you ladies the person that get so caught up in this state of pessimism they get you know the terrible news or they're told you know this is not good how do you help somebody overcome that negative thinking you know when it is so overwhelming to them yeah i think we want to make clear too that you know i didn't walk out of my doctor's office and say woohoo i have cancer i'm going to look at the silver lining <laughs> yeah it's normal and it's natural for people to grieve a loss, the loss of your health, and that if you don't experience those feelings, that's a bad thing. I mean, these, these are healing feelings. You have to feel and process that. Um, but if you get stuck in any of the stages, if you get stuck in anger, you get stuck in denial, if you get stuck in depression, that's not good. So eventually you should come to a state of acceptance and realize, well, I didn't have a choice in getting cancer but I do have a choice in the attitude that I bring to it. And attitude is absolutely a choice. I think one of the books that most inspired me was Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. And he talks about that, how even in a concentration camp, he had a choice every day of how his attitude and how he was going to face that. Um, when working with people, uh, something that Susan and I both use, and I already mentioned this, is um, positive affirmations. Because when you are making these strong statements, such as, I give thanks for my perfect health, it is a command that your mind is giving your body. So that's one of the, the tools that we use. Another thing would be um, using gratitude, um, gratitude lessons, keeping a gratitude journal. Um, that often just um, helps, to, um, helps to generate that, you know, those positive feelings. 
Um, and like Flo said, we don't suggest that anyone try to pretend, you know, that they're happy or, or sweep it under the rug or just let's just pretend that I'm, I'm just going to smile and pretend that everything's fine and we're not advocating that. Um, but to get yourself to that place of truly feeling that way, there are definite exercises that can be done. So counting your blessings, remaining positive, looking at all of the, the great things that you're grateful for in your life, to be able to more graciously accept where you are and, and then devote your energy to moving forward so that you can heal. Correct. Absolutely. And I think meditation also helps with this, um, any type of meditation, anything that helps you to become more grounded and more in the present moment. Um, I mean, yoga was a huge thing for me that helped helped me to get there. And from there, I went to um, meditative breathing and, you know, different forms of meditation. But it really helped me to, to be centered and grounded and to to really be present in this moment. And that also helps with dispelling the fear. Um, you know, fear, if you think forward, what's going to happen? What's going to happen to my family? What's going to happen to me? That's really stirring up a lot of fear. If you are able to bring it back to the present, you're much more able to enjoy yourself, your family, your relationships, um, and, and to deal with everything that you, that you have coming. So I, I guess, too, uh, like you said, you know, there, there's no guarantees that, uh, that this is going to, there's going to be a successful outcome. We try and influence it with meditation and positive thinking, but um, you also raised a valid point about just being in the now and truly mm-hmm. appreciating what you have and the relationships that you've developed, uh, holding them close and giving them focus during this, this yeah. time when you're, when you're sick. Right. Absolutely. I mean, if I'm thinking about the future... I can't enjoy the people that I'm with right now today mm-hmm. in, in the room, you know, yeah. and that's, I think that's something um, very vital. And I think no matter what your prognosis, um, adopting these attitudes and these practices that we talk about in our book, no, it doesn't really guarantee that you're going to live a longer life, but it does ensure that you live a better life and a happier life, no matter how long that life is. Absolutely. I think, you know, you, you both sum it up perfectly when you get into the whole idea that it's all based on expectation and what you really, really, really want, um, or it basically, I guess, becomes a mindset. And I remember, um, I forget who it was, I think, when I once spoke with Jack Canfield, uh, who's really big on the law of attraction and basically setting intentions. And Jack said, basically, health as well as wealth is a mindset, which basically you decide how healthy and wealthy you want to be at the end of the day. Yeah. I think I think that's very true, and you can set that yeah. for yourself. And um, the the wealth part, mm, I'll have to try that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm expecting to be a millionaire by midnight. <laughs> I'll just throw that out there. Is there a time limit? <laughs> well, we're working on 13 hours. Well, we'll see what we can do. <laughs> So we got to go to our, a, a commercial break, and when we come back, uh, Susan and Florence are going to join us, and we're going to talk a little bit about some of the tips that they have within their books, and also who's applicable to on Matters of the Mind. Thanks for staying with us. You are, of course, listening to Matters of the Mind on Listen Up Talk Radio at talk-radio.ca. We'll be right back. Annoying. Frustrating. Of course, you're referring to me. Some days. Enlightening. Engaging. And now you're referring to yourself. Most days. (laughs) Just a few of the words employed to describe our show, The Mots. You'll come up with your own. Hi, we're The Mots, Paul and Carol. Inviting you to join us weekdays at 2 on Listen Up Talk Radio at talk-radio.ca. And there's an encore performance with Mots Weekend. You can check us out at themots.ca. Here's another word for you. Oh, I wouldn't go there. 
you're listening to Mental Health Matters with your host, Dr. Peter Sacco, on Radio That Doesn't Suck.com and RTDS.ca. Welcome back to Matters of the Mind. The doc is online. That'd be me, Dr. Peter Sacco. And with me always is my co-host, Todd Miller. But we're not what you're tuning in today to listen to. <laughs> Obviously not. We're just the schmucks. In fact, we got the real talent online today, which is Florence Strang, who is a registered psychologist, and Susan Gonzalez, who is a registered nurse who wrote one of the most amazing books I have ever come across called 100 Perks of Having Cancer Plus 100 Health Tips for Surviving It. So the ladies had told us a little bit about their backgrounds in terms of of not only helping people with cancer, but also being survivors themselves. So I guess first we'll go with you, Florence. You talked about perks. What are some of the perks of having it? Um, I, I, in my book, I talk about a bit about the not having hair, as you can take that as a perk because it means shorter um, shower times. You know, you don't have bad hair days because you can leave your wig at home. Um, I got to try out new shapes of eyebrows with my <laughs> eyebrow pencil. Um, I talk a little bit about meeting uh, my soulmate, and I, I had been divorced for 10 years when I was diagnosed with cancer. And uh, just almost exactly the same time that I found a lump in my breast, I met the man of my dreams. I didn't think that would work out because I had just been diagnosed, uh, but it did, thank goodness. So that was definitely one of the perks of having cancer. Um, you know, getting to see a new side of my children was certainly a perk. Uh, little things like, I say, riding shotgun. <laughs> you know, when you have cancer, nobody makes you get in the back seat. <laughs> You'll always get in the front seat of the car. Um, let me see, I saved a lot of money in hair care is another thing. Uh, and I think just overall, a, a lot of, you know, some of them are lighthearted, but how having cancer deepened my relationships with people and help me realize what's really important in life. And how about you, Susan? Um, some of my health tips um, deal with diet. Um, we promote uh, mainly plant-based diet, um, organic when you can. So we go over a lot of the different guidelines um, to use. We teach you how to build a cancer-fighting salad. Um, there's also things about toxins in the environment um, we tell you what to look for when you're trying to avoid BPA. Um, we explain what x-rays are and how it's important to really ask your doctor, is this test necessary to avoid any unnecessary x-ray uh, exposure? Um, and then one of my favorite ones, and the one that gets the most hits on my blog, is about healthy pooping. <laughs> and believe it or not, this is the question, this is the one I get the most hits and the most questions about is healthy, healthy pooping and how, you know, your, your poop actually tells you how healthy you are. And it's not just for colon cancer, but for all cancer, you know, elimination is vital to getting rid of all of our toxins. So, you know, this is, <laughs> these are the things that are in the book. 
So also following up on that, I guess, as you're talking about a green diet or organic where you can, the quality of the food going in is also inherent in what goes out. I mean, you're you're getting rid of the toxins, but while that green and that organic is in your body, it's cleaning your body, it's giving you uh, fuel and protein to optimize um, how you're feeling and how your body, what your body has to work with. Correct. And there's a lot of ways to increase the cancer-fighting benefits of your food just by adding simple things, um, you know, fresh herbs to your salad, chia seeds, I talk a lot about that. Um, they're very high in omega-3 fatty acids, which helps to decrease the inflammatory process that goes on in your body. And inflammation um, is the root and the basis of most chronic illnesses, just the, the, um, the act of um, tr- the body trying to deal with inflammation. So eating Foods that are high in omega-3 will help to suppress that. And chia seeds are becoming very popular now. Um, You can throw them in your salads and and your smoothies. You can also make puddings with them because they have a thickening property to them. And one tablespoon of chia seeds has as much omega-3 fatty acids as five fish oil capsules. So you're really getting quite a big um, bang for your buck there. That's the second time I've heard chia seeds mentioned this week. And the first time I heard it was it's actually good for people with cardiovascular issues because it reduces the inflammation in the arteries. Right. And it probably has to do with the omega-3 fatty acids in there. It's also high in fiber. Um, But just for general wellness and I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of fun to use. It's the trendy new thing, so you can be trendy and healthy. <laughs> so I, I guess with with your book and that, I, I, and I want to make this clear for anybody listening. It's just not about a book about surviving once you have an illness, but rather it's it's a very good book for anybody that's just looking to modify an already healthy lifestyle, as well as how applicable is this to parents in terms of applying it to kids, ladies. Yeah, I would say absolutely. You know, kids. Yeah, it's a book for parents. the whole family. I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of times we have people that say, oh, I'm, you know, let me buy this book for my friend who has cancer. And then they end up coming back to us and say, oh, can I get another one? Because I really like it. I'm yeah. going to keep it. And I don't have cancer, but I'm going to read it and I need another one for my friend. And, and with this book, I guess, too, looking at it, um, is it very, uh, I guess, reader-friendly for men? Because uh, generally speaking, a lot of most men, in terms of their reading, it's not self-help books. And, that. and I want to put this out there for guys because guys, you know, are equally at risk for their own issues. Uh, how applicable and in, in reading-friendly is it for men? And would it do men a lot of justice to read this as well, too? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's Even though Susan and I are both breast cancer survivors, this is not a book about breast cancer. Uh, we do deal specifically, of course, because my it's kind of a journal of my um, treatments and all the little positive perks I found while I was going through treatments for cancer. Um, but also, so anybody can read that as a story. And I mean, as you know, there are photographs actually of me and my family and different things that was happening in my life. Um, so that would be of interest to anybody. And it's while it's primarily about cancer prevention or surviving cancer, as we said, anybody with any type of cancer or any who's avoiding, who wants to avoid having health issues, heart disease, arthritis, high blood pressure, whatever, these tips are overall healthy living tips. So anybody, a cancer survivor, a cancer avoider, men, women, children, there's something in here for everyone. So there's a whole market of people that could use this to 
hopefully prevent cancer by addressing some of the common uh, symptoms or, 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 you know, as you said, the good advice that you provide in the book to sort of ward it off. Well, and the thing that a lot of people don't realize is 90%, 90% of all cancers are lifestyle related. Only about 10% are genetic. So if you look at 90% are lifestyle related, you can really cut your risk quite dramatically by making simple lifestyle changes. So it, it really is, you know, for anybody listening, I brought up the term, um, what, if you're looking at it, um, is it really psychosomatic? You know, when you're looking at it, psycho, psych means, you know, mind, soma, body. So Florence, looking at it that way, uh, even, even yourself, Susan, do you basically at some point then say, the, the responsibility is on me if I really want to change and get healthy and well. Absolutely. Well, we believe in um, empowering yourself and taking on, like by making these, as Susan said, simple lifestyle changes, you are empowered to take control of your health. Cancer patients usually get a different message from their doctors than other types of patients. Um, if you had a heart attack, for example, in some places you'd actually go through the medical system through a cardiac rehab program. And even where they don't have cardiac rehab, you can be sure that the medical community would rally around you and teach you what foods you should eat, what foods you shouldn't eat. Uh, they'll tell you to exercise, lose weight, and they may even teach some stress management because we know the relationship between stress and the risk of uh, having heart attack. But what are we told? People who have cancer, we're often told, I'm sorry, but if these treatments don't work, there's not much more we can do for you. So Susan and I are passionate about sharing our message that you don't have to be a victim of cancer. You know, there are so many things that you can do to empower yourself, body, mind, and spirit. And, you know, we're often, this culture, um, we're often, we often live just, let's just go along, and then when something goes wrong, then I'll deal with it, you know. And then, it, then it's expensive, and it's, and it's hard to deal with, and it's, and it's devastating. Um, if you take that initiative now and don't wait until you get that, um, I call my cancer diagnosis my brick in the head, you know, to, mm -hmm. hey, wake up and start, start living better and start living happier, um, you know, people can do that beforehand and not wait until that happens. I always find that strange that, you know, we all can probably count at least one relative in our families that have experienced some type of cancer. And then when we look back at their life, we say, oh, well, maybe they, the smoking did it, maybe the drinking did it, maybe the late nights did it, or maybe it was genetic. But so few of us actually look at that and say, could that be me somewhere down the line and make the changes um, now to avoid that? Right. And statistics are that one in three people will get cancer in their lifetime, one in three. So, I mean, you know that those statistics are pretty real and, and they're pretty drastic. So um, it's, it pays, and, it's, and we're not just talking about cancer again. We're talking about all chronic illnesses. This is about living happy and healthy and getting the most out of life. I guess one question that I have for you ladies is we've, we've had many shows where we've talked about addictions on, and myself, I have a professor in addiction studies and that. And, and I have several and many friends, and I've even written the books on addictions, that there comes a certain point where an individual identifies themselves as I'm in recovery or once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic, and it's just one day at a time. But the rare few that I've ever spoken will actually say I am healed and I've overcome. Do either one of you look at that as 
I am now healthy and I am just totally cancer free. That means I'm healthy and I don't view myself as in recovery, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I, I think you're almost saying uh, I'm cured of cancer. <laughs> and no, can, uh, Susan and I are both cancer free right now, but there is no cure for cancer, of course. And uh, cancer cells are sneaky little things. They can hide out in your body for years and even decades. And uh, the same cancer that you beat many, many years later can come back and kill you. And this is called a recurrence, of course, when you, when you get cancer again, it's called a recurrence. And the rates of recurrence vary depending on the type of cancer. But for breast cancer, anybody who has ever had any diagnosis from stage zero through stage three 30% of us will have a cancer recurrence. So um, I think we, we say, you know, we are cancer-free or there's no evidence of disease, NED, right now. Uh, but, uh, you know, just like um, an alcoholic can never say they're cured, we can never say that we are cured of cancer. But we can't say that we're in the 70% of the people that won't ever recur. Mm. <laughs> That's a good way to look at it. Again, going back to that positive frame of mind, the affirmations, and being just trying to be positive. Absolutely. So for anybody who's listening today, um, what, what would you offer? Um, you know, a, a lady today just finds out that, you know, she's been diagnosed with breast cancer or, you know, or anybody for that matter with something. What are the first words that you would offer them in terms of encouragement or support? Susan, you go ahead. Um, I would, I would definitely, and this, and I have said this to many, many people that I've spoken to. That said, you know, I just found out I, I was diagnosed, or my my mom was diagnosed. I will tell you, everything's going to be okay. It's mm-hmm. not going to be a death sentence. You know, you you. There are many things you can do to help yourself along, and the way you feel now is probably not the way you're going to feel. You know, two three months from now. So. There are things that you can do. Yeah, that's basically my message, too. You know, there's always hope. Um, You don't have to see yourself as a victim. You can empower yourself. And um, as Susan and I, you know, have met some amazing people uh, through our experiences who have defied, completely defied the odds. Um, Two women in particular that I know who live in Newfoundland Uh, were diagnosed with stage 4 breast cancer, both of them given two years to live. That was about six years ago. And both of them just, you know, at first they thought, okay, I have two years to live. Well, I'm going to make most the best of this two years. So I'm going to, you know, try to be healthy, try to think positive, be grateful for everything I have. And through making positive lifestyle changes, right now those two ladies are alive, healthy, and there is no evidence of cancer in either one of their bodies. According to the doctors, they should have been dead four years ago. So I I really believe, and we've seen it with our own eyes, that is not to say that every single person who adopts this lifestyle uh, will outlive cancer, but there are many, many cases that we've seen of people who put their cancer in remission by making positive lifestyle changes. Yeah, I just had uh, was contacted by a pancreatic cancer survivor, and as you know, pancreatic cancer survival rates are, are very dismal. Um, she adopted a healthy lifestyle, mind, body, spirit rejuvenation, and she just completed her first triathlete. <laughs> so, you know, th- these stories do happen. Um, they happen more often than you think, and if you just 
realize if you just um, expose yourself to these stories, that that will help your mind to be be more positive as well. You know, and you can say, look, um, my chances are horrible. I'm not even going to try anything. Or look at this person; their chances were worse than mine. And look at look at how great they're doing. Before we let you ladies go. There's probably a lot of people wanting to learn more about you and also where to get the book and also where to find information on your blogs and anything that's positive. Can you please share that with us before we let you go? Sure. Um, they can go to www.100perksofcancer.com. That's 100perksofcancer.com. From there, they can go to um, all the different websites that sell the book, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. They can look at our um, some of our media releases, and they can go to both of our blogs from that site. Ladies, thank you so much. Florence Strang, Susan Gonzalez, you are definitely women of inspiration, women of tremendous hope. And, you know, I, I pray that God continually continues to bless you with tremendous health and be a blessing to everybody and anybody that comes across your books and your words of wisdom. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Be sure to check the Listen Up Talk Radio site at talk-radio.ca. We'll have links to uh, Amazon and, of course, the ladies' blog so that you can catch up with them later. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to Matters of the Mind. The doc is online. We'll be right back. Have you ever spent the day mulling over receipts, spreadsheets, and the numbers? It isn't a lot of fun, is it? Especially when you have a business to run, sales to close, and clients to work with. The last thing you want to do is look all day at the books. So get the expert advice and wisdom from a seasoned professional, Bob Conway. At Robert K. Conway CGA, Bob will come and meet with you, analyze the numbers, assess your tax situation, and show you how to put more tax dollars in your pockets than Revenue Canada's. And he'll also provide you with ideas, wisdom, and solutions to help you track your numbers so you can plan properly and strategically and really begin to grow your business. Are you ready to work on and not in your business? Then Bob's not only your uncle, but Bob is your man. Robert K. Conway CGA. Call 416-544-9655 and get your business in gear. Welcome back to Mental Health Matters with your host, Dr. Peter Sacco. there and welcome back to matters of the mind managing relationships mental health issues and just about anything under the sun that can be disruptive to your life and we are a show we are a show about offering hope offering faith in your ability to become the best person that you possibly can and rather than just existing and enduring life we want to teach you how to enjoy it to the max absolutely and that's what i love about this show personally is that while we get into some darker topics, um, at, the, at the end of the day, the message is always about uh, there's another way. There's always hope, just like, you know, uh, Florence and Susan taught us. It's about your mindset and it's about really looking forward to tomorrow, knowing where you are, dealing with it, but always keeping an eye on the future. And that's what I love about the show is just constantly offering people hope no matter you know, we, we've dealt with some ter- just horrific addictions and sexual abuse survivors. And all of these people have one common message. You know, if you're in my situation, you too can get out of it. 
You know what, Todd? I think what's extra special about this show here is that we've got not just two individuals who, as you know, Florence brought up and, and, and Susan said, you know, the idea of looking at it as being a victim, but rather we had overcomers those that created the sense of self-efficacy for themselves that they believed in the potential to heal. But what's extra special about these two ladies too is they're both professionals in the field that had probably been helping women uh, with these situations back in the day before they ever had their own diagnosis and prognosis of having it themselves. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and I think we're seeing a radical shift in the way the medical community is embracing alternative medicine. You know, the, the, for many, many years, Treatment hasn't changed that much. There's the prescribed methods, and as as I can't remember, it was Florence or Susan said. Uh, I think it was Susan. At one point, once you've gone through all of the the various protocols, they go, "We can't help you any further." And and again, is that just because that's the extent of the the knowledge that we have in the medical community at that time, or is there maybe a fear of trying the unknown? And I think that fear is diminishing, and more and more doctors are saying. What else is out there besides the chemo? What else is out there besides what I currently know? You know what? And I, and I think this is a great point. Whether we're talking about an illness, a physical illness, or we can go all the way back to discussing addictions or even mental health problems. We've had just about everything you can imagine under the sun whether it be today's show, whether it be alcoholism, whether it be sexual abuse, and I'll even go depression, and we even had a show on kleptomania. <clears throat> and I think the ladies brought up the key point that it's all about self-efficacy, that you sometimes have to think and look outside of the box in terms of just getting a diagnosis or what your prognosis is, and say, hey, I, and what, if you remember when we had Joey Pants on our show, uh, Todd, uh, Joey Panoliano, and Joe brought it up that you just say no to it. You say no that just because I have something, it doesn't have me and it's not going to control my life. And I think that was the famous, you know, saying that we've heard from anybody from Sanderson Lang on our show with uh, Abuse Hurts uh, to anybody who's a survivor, that just because you have something doesn't mean that it has you, but rather you are in a state of mind of self-efficacy and self-empowerment that you get to choose how you're going to go forward. And it's all about attitude. As Florence said, you know, some of the perks for her, not having to use, you know, lots, lots of hair care products. And she, she jokingly said, I experimented with different shapes of eyebrows. I mean, there is such a cult of beauty that surrounds the exterior physical aspects of our beings that, that a lot of women are caught up in. And here's one that said, okay, I don't have any hair. My eyebrows, they're gone. So I'm going to draw some on and I'm going to have fun with it. You know, you're, you're right. It's about attitude and it's about... Um, staying positive and just embracing where you are and 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 not getting dragged down to the woe is me mentality and i know that's hard i'm not really trying to minimize or or uh, you know make that appear that it's an easy thing to to overcome it's not but as you've seen from these wonderful women they were able to do it and i'm sure there's a lot of people that can do it if they just adopt the right mindset Mm -hmm. And you know what, Todd? I'm uh, I'm I'm an, a very avid reader. I'm a very uh, 
opportunistic individual when it comes to lifestyles about bettering your life, bettering your health and all that stuff. And for anybody who has tuned into the show today, I absolutely strongly recommend checking out this book. Um, in my eyes, these two women are heroes. I, I, I believe they are. They're spreading a tremendous word for women out there and for anybody who's a cancer uh, coper, survivor, overcomer, that it, that it all starts with your mindset and it all starts with just regenerating and re recreating a new attitude. And I think, um, I think it was Susan that said it. Sometimes you know you, you shouldn't have to wait till you get. As she put it, getting hit with a brick in the head mm -hmm. before you make that lifestyle change. And why not do it now? As we discussed, you know that that is the thing. These tips, if applied before you get cancer, can potentially ward it off. You know, living a healthy lifestyle, being as healthy as you can, is certainly going to reduce any. And as they said, it's not just cancer we're talking about. We're talking about any of these chronic diseases can be either reduced or eliminated by just being as healthy as you can be. Yeah, absolutely. And it all starts with you. Change all starts with you. And that's what we are about. We are about show about change, promoting positive change or not necessarily just changing, but rather learning, growing and evolving. And that's what we're all about on Matters of the Mind. And with that said, thank you very much for tuning in today. And I know once we leave here, Todd is going to be off going to get chia seeds, probably. <laughs> I've already thought about it, that and, and eating extra. Uh, oh, man, all those those thick cereals that are just so good for you, full of omega-3s. Yeah, I'm off to the health food store. You know, the best part of that is, Todd, I, and I don't purposely or meaningfully endorse any product because we're not getting endorsements or, you know, endorsement funds for this. But just out of a note, it was kind of funny because... Uh, one of our guests had talked about actually going to the bathroom and you know you can tell right then and there and I remember walking down an aisle not too long ago there was a cereal I'm looking at this and it's actually called holy crap so I can only imagine perhaps that should be in a lot of people's diets maybe we'll have to go check that one out for a future show thanks for tuning in folks you are listening to matters of the mind on Listen Up Talk Radio, by all means, if you've missed this show and you're not listening to it now, you can always catch it on demand, in which case you're hearing this again. So catch us right back here next Wednesday at 8 p.m. on Listen Up Talk Radio. We'll catch you then. You've been listening to Matters of the Mind on Listen Up Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Peter Andrew Sacco. Reach him on his website, petersacco.com, or you can reach him through Listen Up at talk-radio.ca. We really thank you for listening. Reach out to us on Facebook, facebook.com slash listenuptalkradio, on Twitter at at listenuptalk. We'll catch you next week. You don't need no papers. That man is not your man. And that's why.